Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. It is the third hour of the Eric Erickson Show. It is also an open line Friday. You can call in. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, if you'd like to be a part of this here program. Now, you know, just to reset a little bit, we are no longer just a Georgia show. It used to be for a decade. I did the evening drive in Atlanta, and then I started a morning show, 9 to noon. That was my own show, and it was just in Georgia. And then we kind of merged the shows after Rush Limbaugh passed away, and now I'm on stations in Georgia and North Carolina and Ohio and Oklahoma and Florida and the like. So I try to be cautious talking about Georgia news because I, I'm aware of some hosts who occasionally – they, they're nationally, but they're based in a state, and they want to make the entire show about that state. And I try – I think it's disrespectful to my audience outside of Georgia. But occasionally there is a story that is about Georgia, and it is a perfect tie-in to national news. And with a devil-may-care attitude, I now must endeavor to talk about a Georgia story that, trust me, even y'all in California are going to want to pay attention to this one. Unemployment numbers by state – are out. The lowest unemployment states, Nebraska has 2% unemployment, Utah 2.4% unemployment, Vermont 2.9% unemployment, South Dakota 2.9% unemployment, New Hampshire 2.9% unemployment, Idaho 2.9% unemployment, Oklahoma 3.0% unemployment, Alabama 3.1% Georgia, 3.2, and Montana, 3.3. Those are the top 10 states with the lowest unemployment. The bottom 10 are California with 7.5, Nevada with 7.5, New Jersey with 7.1, New York with 7.1, New Mexico with 6.9, Connecticut was 6.8, Illinois was 6.8, Hawaii was 6.6, District of Columbia was 6.5, and Alaska was 6.3. In the top 10 states, only one of them is a blue state, Vermont. In the bottom 10 states, only one of them is a red state, Alaska. In fact, overwhelmingly, Let's see here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. In the top 20 states for low unemployment, only three of them are blue states. But now let's shift to population. What is the number one state for low unemployment of, of, of the states with the 10 biggest populations? Number one, lowest unemployment? Georgia. 3.2%. It's also an all-time record low unemployment, 3.2%, meaning all but 3.2% of people who have jobs or who want jobs have jobs. It's the fewest unemployed Georgians in 20 years. Nearly 200,000 jobs were added in 2021. Now, we got to talk about the actual implications of this. If it were Florida, we'd be talking about Florida, but it's not Florida. It's Georgia. 
Georgia's governor, Brian Kemp, reopened his state sooner than every other state. Georgia was the first state to come out of lockdown. Even Ron DeSantis in Florida, Doug Ducey in Florida, and Greg Abbott in Texas stayed longer. Georgia has done so without a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. It came out of lockdown by May of last year. And the Atlantic magazine ran a story, Georgia's Experiment in Human Sacrifice. And the argument from the Atlantic was that Brian Kemp was putting profits over people. Brian Kemp was attacked by then-President of the United States, Donald Trump. Repeatedly, on three occasions, Donald Trump attacked Brian Kemp. And Brian Kemp held his ground and said, the science says I can reopen. And he did. Repeatedly, the hometown newspaper there in Atlanta, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, ran uh, front-page stories attacking Kemp for reopening too early and not doing enough to contain the crisis. And it seems like the the public policymakers and the reporters, and I think they're all still doing it, have put fighting COVID ahead of every other concern. So they've put fighting COVID ahead of employment and jobs and small business owners struggling and families struggling to make a living. They, they put COVID ahead of all of that. And Kemp tried his best to balance it out and say, yes, we need to fight COVID, but we also can't destroy people's lives and businesses and livelihoods. And the record speaks for itself. Got the fewest unemployed Georgians in 20 years. Got the lowest unemployment rate of the 10 most populous states. An all-time record low in Georgia of of 3.2%. It's remarkable. And he deserves credit. But there's a problem, you see. The governor of Georgia is a conservative Republican, but the former president of the United States wants to destroy him politically because he claims that the people of the, of Georgia have been misled by the governor. He claims that the former governor or the, the current governor did not do enough to stop the stolen election in November of 2020. Now, here's the reality. The governor of the state of Georgia is a constitutional officer and the Secretary of State in Georgia is a constitutional officer. In Florida and Texas and a number of other states, the governor picks the Secretary of State who serves at the pleasure of the governor. In Georgia, the Secretary of State is a constitutionally elected officer. And the Constitution of the state of Georgia prohibits the governor of the state of Georgia from doing anything related to elections. Now, wait, you say, wait, the governor could have called a special election or a special session of the legislature and changed the election laws after the election, before the runoff, except there's United States Supreme Court precedent that if you do this, those election rules don't go in effect until after the election. So even if the governor had done what Trump supporters wanted, which was to call a special session of the legislature and change the rules before the runoff, Those rules would not have gone into effect. They would have been enjoined by John Roberts of the Supreme Court. So why is the governor of Georgia the bad guy? 
why is he the bad guy? And this goes to a larger issue now, for those of you who think I'm talking too much about Georgia. Our tendency in politics these days is not to provide you someone to vote for, but to provide you someone to vote against. Everybody wants a villain. That's what the Democrats are doing right now. Donald Trump wants you to believe Brian Kemp of Georgia, a successful, popular governor, is a villain for not stopping the steal. There was nothing constitutionally the governor of Georgia could do. The Democrats wanted Brian Kemp to be the villain. He dared to open the state of Georgia and cost people lives, allegedly, and yet small businesses in Georgia are thriving thanks to him. People are back to work thanks to him. But they want a bad guy. They need a bad guy. And Brian Kemp, unfortunately for him, is Donald Trump's bad guy. I think Brian Kemp's a great guy. It's interesting that Donald Trump has not been able to find a challenger to Brian Kemp. He's tried to find someone to challenge Brian Kemp. He's tried. He can't. David Perdue and Sonny Perdue have both been telling Donald Trump, give it up. Get out of the way. Let Brian Kemp win. He should. There's a clown show out there named Vernon Jones who's running. He spent all of his money on yard signs already. He's not a viable challenger. He was a Democrat until this year, not only a Democrat, a pro-choice Democrat until this year. And then suddenly, suddenly, miracle of miracles, he decided to run against Kemp. And he's now a pro-life Republican. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Everybody wants a villain. Joe Biden wants a villain. Joe Biden's villain has been Donald Trump and Trump supporters. MAGA. Joe Biden wants you to believe the unvaccinated. They're the villain. Joe Biden says if you're a law enforcement officer and you don't get the vaccine, you should be fired. You're the bad guy. You're spreading the virus. Did you know in Great Britain now they got a problem? Lots of deaths in Britain of vaccinated people, like off the charts deaths of vaccinated Britain. Now, keep in mind, they use a different vaccine than us. It's the AstraZeneca vaccine. It doesn't appear to be effective against Delta, the Delta variant. They're having a problem. They're now trying to get people the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine in Great Britain because the AstraZeneca hasn't done what they said it would do. Joe Biden wants a villain here, and he wants you to believe it's the police. He wants you to believe it's, it's the unvaccinated police. He wants you to believe it's the MAGA supporters of Donald Trump. Here's the thing. You can't give in to hate. I long for a day in America— where we go back to giving people something to vote for instead of against. That used to be the case. And I think, in fact, in Georgia, Brian Kemp is doing that. He's giving you, you got someone to vote against, Stacey Abrams, and you got someone to vote for. The guy who brought Georgia the fewest unemployed people in 20 years. They tried to blame him and attack him and say he was letting people die. Even Donald Trump attacked Brian Kemp and said people were going to die because of him. Not only did people not die, They got jobs when in other states they don't have them. That's why I think Kip has a good campaign message in 2022 because, you know, in in 2018, for those of you listening outside of Georgia who don't understand the dynamic here, the real reason it was close, it wasn't that close. Abrams didn't – it's not that Abrams came close to beating Kip. It's that she came close to getting into a runoff where maybe, maybe she would have had a chance to beat Kip. She wouldn't have. 
She didn't come close. She can't let it go. And the reason that she came close to getting into a runoff, the reason she came closer than Republicans wanted, is because a lot of independent voters of the suburbs, they thought Brian Kemp was just Donald Trump's boy. And they didn't care for Trump. You know, when Trump was off the ballot, this is something people don't understand and why I'm not that concerned about 2022. When Trump was off the ballot, there was a six-point swing of independent white suburban voters back to the GOP for Leffler and Purdue. They still lost because Republicans didn't show up. But there was a six-point swing of independent voters back to the GOP. Nobody's paid attention to that data point. It's in the exit polling. And now those independent suburban voters who they didn't like Kemp because they thought he was Trump's boy realize, oh, Trump hates this guy. Must be something good to do. And you may feel differently. You may love Donald Trump. You may aggrieved at Brian Kemp. But those independent suburban voters who went to Abrams, they did so not because they liked Abrams, but because they were skeptical of Kemp given the Trump endorsement. Now they realize, ah, he's his own man. Not only is he his own man, he's defied his own side. He's defied the other side. He's a straight shooter. What he says he'll do, he does. He keeps his promises. He got the state going again. He got the state. We, we got to have more of that nationwide. He gives people something to vote for, for a good economy, for getting the state open sooner than everybody else, despite the critics, for doing the right thing. He's not alone out there. He's the governor I know best. He's my governor. But there are other governors out there, too, who have been doing really good work, who have been doing good things. I mean, look at Ron DeSantis in Florida. Look at Pete Ricketts in Nebraska. The lowest unemployment in the nation is Pete Ricketts in Nebraska. The media assails him. They hate him. They attack him regularly. He's the head of the Republican Governors Association, and the media makes him to be the bad guy. And they're doing really, really good. Texas is doing great. Georgia is outperforming Texas and Nebraska and Arizona on a per capita basis. Hell, Georgia's outperforming Florida on a per capita basis. These governors give people someone to vote for and ideas to vote for, and successes to vote for. What do Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams do? They're trying to make it, uh, they're trying to make a villain out of the Republicans. The problem for Joe Biden right now is that for a lot of people, he's the bad guy. He's the one screwing things up. There's a reason Let's Go Brandon has taken off in the popular mind. There's a reason college kids have been chanting F. Joe Biden. I wish they wouldn't. He is the president. I still respect the presidency. But the Let's Go Biden or the Let's Go Brandon stuff, it's taken off around the nation. It's gone viral, not just in college stadiums. Why? Because as much as the Democrats and even Donald Trump sometimes want to demonize other Republicans, the Republicans like Brian Kemp and Ron DeSantis and Pete Ricketts and Greg Abbott and Doug Ducey, they're giving people good economies. The Democrats... They're the ones screwing it all up. All right. Uh, I I got a, um interesting thing here. I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who runs a Christian group that's trying to get Christian refugees out of Afghanistan. The State Department has informed them that if they will make it a more diverse group of people, including members of the Alphabet Gang, that the State Department would be more inclined to help. 
They want the Christian organization trying to get Christians out to also get out uh, LBGTQ plus people, which there are groups trying to help those people get out of Afghanistan. Uh, they're not trying to help get those groups to help get Christians out, which is notable. Uh, the Biden administration, the, the the stories just keep on coming. All right, to the phones we go. Waiting patiently is Scott. You're next. Welcome. Yes, hey, Eric. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Beautiful, beautiful day. Doing great. Uh, just calling uh, with our COVID. Why have we treated COVID so differently in terms of treatment pro- protocols than anything else? What's the other disease we tell people, hey, you got it. Go home, and if you get worse and you're almost dead, come on back to the hospital and we'll see if we can save you. Yeah, you know, you make a point there with with all the other facilities that we have out there where you don't have to go to the hospital. We probably need to start thinking about this, to be honest with you. And I don't know that everybody's been so overwhelmed, but we're getting to the point where people can just be whelmed. And that makes sense to me that we should at this point be in a be in a situation where we can say, hey, if you got COVID, don't go to the ER, don't go to the hospital, go to this outpatient facility of some kind. Got so many uh, dock in the box facilities out there. Might as well do that. Not a bad idea. All right. Uh, listen, if you're on the phones, be patient with me because I've got less than a minute here. I don't want to do a disservice to you trying to call. If you want to call in, it is an open line Friday. You can call in 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five nationwide. Uh, happy to take your phone call. When we come back, we do have to get on to other stuff as well. In addition to your phone calls, now if you call in and you really excite me, I'll go in a different direction. But this case in Loudoun County, Virginia, the school board that had the dad arrested for showing up because his daughter was sexually assaulted, it has taken a new twist. Turns out the school board said they had no idea that anyone had been sexually assaulted nor did they have any idea that dad had a legitimate grievance. Uh, WTOP in Washington, D.C., a news network up there, has uncovered emails from the school to the school board showing, in fact, the school board and superintendent did have knowledge of what was going on before the dad showed up at that meeting. In fact, about a month before he showed up at the meeting, they already knew the details, and the school has lied about it. Now the superintendent of Loudoun County Schools has deleted his social media accounts as people began to ask questions about it. I got the details on this. I'll take your calls as well when we come back, 877-973-7425. All right, it's official. I will send out the brisket taco recipe. Y'all can make it this weekend, although with the price of brisket, maybe you can't. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Let us go back to the phones. I want to go next to Mary Beth, who's been waiting very patiently. Welcome. Hey, Eric. It's wonderful to talk to you today. You were just recently speaking to a gentleman about the vaccine mandate being a possible way to kind of on the back end defund the police. And I don't know how much people know about the federal government paying travel nurses, but we had a nursing shortage prior to COVID. And when the epidemic hit, the federal government decided to step in and pay hospitals to employ travel nurses to kind of backfill for people who were out. And they're paying the travel nurses significantly more money than the typical hospital nurses are making. Uh This has caused a lot of 
issues within the nursing um, situation itself. And I heard yesterday as many as maybe 60% of nurses are contemplating leaving their jobs to go into the travel nurse field. Um, we won't get into what that does to con- continuity of care with patients right. as you've got people rotating in and out. But my question to you is, do you think that this is a back-end way for the government to federalize nursing and then get more into our health care system? You know, I, I've had a ton of people who have suggested to me that uh, it probably wasn't intentional to begin with, but we're getting to the point where they're looking at it and thinking, you know, we could do this kind of like uh, with the constant payments during covid that it didn't intend to be a universal basic income, but it's kind of become the thing where Democrats think, hey, we can just keep authorizing these payments. We never have to pass a universal basic income. We're, we're essentially giving people one. That could very well be the case. But, you know, so Mary Beth, I'm, I'm glad you called in about this issue because I actually have a number of friends of mine who are nurses – uh, who work in hospitals, who are thinking of becoming travel nurses for these very reasons. And uh, some of them are are second-guessing whether or not they should, even if they have money, because they really do love nursing. They love being in hospitals, and they're starting to see the damage it's doing to the hospital system by not having regular on-call nurses relying on these travel nurses. It really is a it, conundrum. It is devastating, our hospitals. They are The system is absolutely crumbling. Yeah, and, you know, one of the the downsides I have heard from a couple of doctors is you're getting young nurses at a nursing school. They jump in, they get a couple of years' experience, and then they jump out, and they are becoming travel nurses, and they don't have the skills uh, or the knowledge base to be a, a detailed, thorough nurse but just because they haven't worked enough time. And then you've got older nurses working in the hospitals who, because of their age now, they're starting to get to retirement and they're wearing out quicker because they're so understaffed. And it's just having cascading effects throughout the healthcare system. Correct. It is demoralizing, you know, some spectacular nurses who we would love to keep around. We're going to lose them. Yeah. And uh, so now let me ask you this, and I don't mean to keep you on the phone, but but uh, thank you for this. It's nice to actually, without the delay we were using on our backup system now, I can actually have a conversation with people. So so I've got you. Uh, and, and now let me ask you about the mandate issue here the, with the vaccine issue in that you do have in the nursing and healthcare situation a bunch of people who were willing to put their lives on the line when there was no vaccine. And they're still willing to put their lives on the line, but they don't want to get vaccinated. And in my experience, overwhelmingly, it seems to be young women who want to get pregnant have concerns. And now after a year of telling them, thank you for risking your life, now, all right, get out of here. Are you there? Yep, yep, I'm here. Yeah, I just I, – I, I want to get your thoughts on that, just at large, because I, I, I can gather you're in, in the, the field. So your, your thoughts on that? I am around the field significantly, um, but I am seeing people of all ages go through this, um, people working in physician's office, people working in the hospitals. It, it's kind of hitting all over the place, um, you know, people who were heroes and left their families and – sometimes slept on different floors during the pandemic to be able to go in and care for people. And, and now they're contemplating complete career changes. It's just, it's, it's a sad situation. Well, listen, thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate it. And yeah, I, I definitely do think there's some concern there with the federal mandate. Now they're thinking, you know, we could, we could get the federal government further into healthcare 
given the problems we caused. And again, I don't think any of this stuff was intentional to begin with because, frankly, they're not that smart. I mean, you know, there, there's this idea out there in culture that if you've ever seen House of Cards, that Washington is very Machiavellian House of Cards, but actually it's really Veep, uh, the HBO comedy series, that these people really are idiots. I mean, honestly, most of these people would be millionaires and billionaires in the private sector, except they weren't smart enough to cut it there, and but they were good-looking and popular so they could get themselves elected, and they're, they're living off that. They're, they're, just, they're not smart enough to plot out three-dimensional chess to do a federal takeover of hospitals because of because of COVID. But they do get to the point where they're like, hey, look, we kind of got this situation. We kind of want to do this. Now we could get there. It's not the beginning. It's the end. The end's where they go. Now let's go back to the phones. JC, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hello. Hi there. Eric, I was just wondering, you know, I know that uh, Biden's executive order was for the executive branch only, like federal employees and such. But he cannot mandate the judicial or the legislative branch. So with the legislative branch, which is all those politicians in Congress, how do we know if they're, man- if they're getting vaccinated? And it, I just find it disturbing that other people are being mandated, but our own politicians may get away with not having to do it. Oh, my gosh, JC, that's such a good question. And, and you know, there really is no way for us to know. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's in Congress who has not gotten vaccinated. And they can't make him get vaccinated, and he says he's not getting vaccinated. Now, he actually has legit reasons for not wanting the vaccine given some other health issues. He said that they can't make him, uh, so they're not going to. And that's why he's opposed to the vaccine mandate in general, because they can't make him. Why should he or the government make anyone else? And by the way, he's an advocate of the vaccine. He thinks that if people can take it, they should take it. He uh, can't take it for several reasons. But he's totally fine with you taking it and wishes you would, but he doesn't think they should be mandated. I And I agree. I do not think there should be a mandate. I do not think that the government of the United States should be imposing this on people. And I do think there are a hard, large number of people in Washington, in, in the legislative and judicial branches, who aren't getting vaccinated. So why on earth should they make you? You know, we, we've got constitutional criteria for these offices. Just so you understand, uh, you can't make a federal judge get a vaccine because the Constitution lays out the qualifications for being a judge, and compliance with the vaccine mandate is not one of them. Same thing with a member of Congress. A member of Congress has to be 25 years old and uh, be a resident of the state in which, which he's to represent. That's it. Those are, those are the qualifications. And so you can't make them additionally get a vaccine to be a member of Congress. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you can you can quibble with that. You can have qualms with that. I do to a degree, but I think if if we can't make the if they can't if we can't make them, why should they be able to make us? Now I want to jump back into something else that's going on out there, and that is. The supply crisis and the inflation crisis all wrapped up into the um, into the negotiations on Capitol Hill. Joe Manchin, a rumor got started that he was going to quit the Democratic Party. He says that's bull blankety blank, says it's not true. Here's what he says actually happened. The only thing that was ever said that we've ever talked about, if I'm an embarrassment to my, uh, my Democrat colleagues, my caucus, uh, the president being the Democrat, the leader of the Democrat Party, 
Chuck Schumer and all them. And I said, me being a, a moderate centrist Democrat, if that causes you a problem, let me know. And I'd switch to be an independent, but I'd still be caucusing with Democrats. I'd still be caucusing with Democrats, but I would switch to be an independent. And they, they didn't want the deal, so he's not. Now, here's the problem for him, or not for him, for Joe Biden. Joe Biden can't get Joe Manchin to a yes on the spending deal. And yesterday in Washington, behind closed doors, there was an explosion. Joe Manchin and Bernie Sanders got into a fight. And it was a bad fight. It was a fight of epic proportions. Apparently, the two gentlemen, according to multiple witnesses in the room, all the witnesses you should know, are also U.S. senators. They began to argue with one another. And in arguing with one another, Joe Manchin and Bernie Sanders started yelling. And at some point, Joe Manchin informed his colleagues that he was actually fine with zero. Zero being the number. Zero being the number he was perfectly fine going with on reconciliation, that he didn't need the plan. And apparently in the room, it didn't go over well with Bernie Sanders, who began to berate him. So Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are now out there saying, hey, um, how about you guys pass infrastructure and we'll come back to this in six months? And the progressives are saying, no, it's it's we want everything. And it's looking like this whole thing could crater because of the progressives' demands for everything. And Cinema and Manchin saying, no, maybe not. All right, back to the votes we go. Josh, you're going to be the last caller today. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Um, I have a quick question. Long-time listener. Um, why haven't all the teacher shortages and, and police officer shortages in Georgia, why hasn't any gov- Governor Kemp and other conservative governors reached out to all the states that are firing all the unvaccinated people and offered them jobs and incentives to move down south? Uh, okay, you know, as a matter of fact, they are. Uh, in fact, uh, okay. um, Greg Abbott in Texas has told nurses in uh, Kansas, where there's a Democratic governor, and in New Mexico, uh, come on into Texas and y'all can work here. In uh, Indiana, the Indiana governor has said they would waive uh, state training requirements for Chicago police officers who quit their jobs and want to come in and work in Indiana. Uh, Since they've already got the same training standards, they will uh, essentially waive certification, make it easier for them to come. Indiana police officers, Georgia, Georgia government's doing the same thing. Now, you got to be careful in Georgia, though, because most of the healthcare institutions are private here, and the governor in Georgia doesn't have a say in that. In fact, I'll tell you, uh, I was getting texting some folks during commercial break over vaccine mandates in Georgia. A lot of private businesses in Georgia are imposing vaccine mandates. Uh, The Georgia Constitution has a provision in it uh, that prohibits the government from interfering with the contract rights between employers and employees in private businesses, which is why the governor in Georgia can't do an executive order prohibiting private businesses from imposing a vaccine mandate. It would be outside the bounds. In fact, there's well-settled law. Uh, in fact, a buddy of mine sent me a Georgia Supreme Court case on this. You, there's just no way 
that a mandate ban. Now, maybe if the legislature comes in and passes a law, that would be possible. But apparently the speaker is not inclined to do any sort of special session to pass a vaccine mandate prohibition for private employers. So it's it's dead there. But what the states are doing, including Georgia, Florida, Texas, Arizona, Tennessee, Alabama, they are reaching out to nurses and law enforcement officers in other states saying, hey, we, we understand you've lost your job. You can come to our state and work. We don't have a mandate. Good. Uh, let's take the, the, the best of the people of those other states and bring them here. And I got to think, if you're somebody who is anti-mandate, you're probably not a progressive, so you would fit in well in our culture around here. Might as well come in. We got to offset all the hippie liberals who are moving into the state anyway. All right. Now, I got to tell you guys, I, I'm sitting in here. As I've talked today, I've got a little stopped up. I should have brought my Eden Pure Thunderstorm here inside the studio today because it takes the pollen and the dust and the mold and the mildew out of the air, and it eliminates odors. Now, some air purifiers— they're not really air purifiers. They mask the odors, like the the Febreze stuff you spray. They mask the odor. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm actually eliminates the odors. I use it in the kitchen when I'm frying because we don't have a, an exhaust vent. I can use it uh, on the back porch if I happen to sneak a cigar or something out there because it eliminates tobacco odors as well. So you could try one and not only try it, you can get three of them. You can save $200. You can get all three of them for less than $200, and you get free shipping. So you one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your car, wherever you need it. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. You click on my name, Eric Erickson. You put it in your cart at checkout. You'll see a discount code. You put in Eric3, E-R-I-C-K, and the number three. There's no space, Eric3, at EdenPureDeals.com. You will save $200. You'll get all three for less than $200, and you'll get free shipping, EdenPureDeals.com. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. It just so happens to be my show. You can't call in now because my lazy call screener closed his computer so he couldn't do anything. <laughs> We're in the same room. This never happens anymore. We're in the same room at the same time. And wow, I, 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 y'all, I feel the need to apologize. I, I, I didn't realize uh, what, what people were going through. That's just, that's, that could leave you with PTSD trying to call my show. Uh, John Stewart has come out in defense of Dave Chappelle. Chappelle's representative says now, after all the, the belly aching, he's open to having dialogue. John Stewart is defending Dave Chappelle from the. If y'all if y'all got Netflix, you should watch the closer this weekend without your kids present because there's a lot of bad language, but it's really funny and thought provoking. You got to stay to the end, and. John Stewart's defending Dave Chappelle's friend says uh, he he's he's a good person. Clearly, there's been miscommunication. But have you noticed? No major comedians have come out in defense of Dave Chappelle. They're silent. Where is Kevin Hart, who Dave Chappelle has defended repeatedly? Where is Bill Burr, who is Dave Chappelle's friend? You know who's come out? Wanda Sykes. The, the not-quite-funny comedian has come out in favor of the transgender people saying they should shut up Dave Chappelle. She's just jealous. It, it is remarkable to me that people live in fear of the transgender movement. It is – I mean, just think about it. No major American comedian has come out in defense of Dave Chappelle. Where is Eddie Murphy? 
I mean, they'll, they'll, you know, he's like Bill Cosby, bro. Don't don't come out. You, you don't need to come out for me, bro. You 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 stay back. Yeah. He doesn't need he doesn't need Bill Cosby divinity. But where are the rest of them? Good for John Stewart coming out trying to massage the situation, and say he's a good dude. There must be miscommunication. But I just find it very striking how none of them will. Uh, the, the silence there is, and by the way, uh, industry-wide, Chappelle is regarded as a very, very nice guy behind the scenes. Like, he's a super guy and has been very, very supportive of other comedians in the past. So this isn't a they-hate-him thing. This is a they're scared to death of the transgender community. They, they want their own Netflix special, and they're afraid they won't get it. It is. This is why, frankly, you got to stand up to the bullies. And they can say that it's Dave Chappelle who's the bully, but he's not. He's not the one trying to ruin their career. He's not the one claiming they need to be held accountable for having views they disagree with. It's This is bullying from them. And I just think that when we see these sorts of situations, there's kind of an obligation to stand up and talk about it. I've been getting emails from people, hate mail from people. Oh, you're just obsessed with that community. No, that community is obsessed with shutting other people up because they they don't think they can survive in life or thrive unless they shut the rest of us up who disagree with them. And that's not healthy. There, there, there's Look, I mean, I've said all along there's a mental issue here. We're seeing it play out like that. It's, it's sad that this is where we are, though, but this is where we are. And the lack of public statements of support for Chappelle – from his friends in the comedy community tells you just how scared they are in Hollywood, which is why you got to stand up.